This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Today is about our elders and what we can learn from our elders. And it may be our grandparents, because today is actually Grandparents' Day. And for those of us who get to be grandparents, we know what a joy that is. And hope for the rest of you who aren't there yet that you get that opportunity at some point. But, you know, if you, if you think that that's not going to happen for you, maybe because either you don't have children or you, um, your children have made it very clear they're not having children, there are other ways. You know, you can find children who don't have grandparents. There, I, I used to go volunteer at Mountain Star Family Relief Nursery because my girls were really too young, and I didn't want to be breathing down their neck about, like, okay, when are you going to have kids? Because I want grandkids. That's just, it's not appropriate. And so I went and I found these wonderful little children that needed more loving. And th- they are out there. There are children even in our community. Sometimes parents need an extra hand or a night out, you know, they, so there's never a reason where you can't step into that role of being the extra hand, and you don't have to be old to do it. You can just be loving, and all of us are, because that's really, that's the gift that grandparents give. I was reading that there are, there are five different roles that grandparents play. But to me, the nurturing role is the most important one. It's extra nurturing that we get. And if, if you think back to your grandparents, hopefully you were lucky enough that you had at least one grandparent that was really nurturing. They, they not necessarily all were. Some of them weren't at all. But most of us maybe were lucky enough to have one. And, and that becomes a very important figure in our lives. Our, our grandparents also serve as role models of what does it look like to be old. I, I think of that often when I'm playing with my grandkids. Like sometimes, especially the, the 10-year-old will push me. He wants to do all these things, and he looks at me, and he doesn't see me as an old person, unless he's teasing me. But he, he doesn't really see me that way, and so he wants, like, I picked him up in, um, out by uh, Cold Springs for one of his camps, and so he was going to show me the things that they had made, all the, the um, houses in the woods that they'd made out of sticks, and so I thought I'm following him down the easy path to get there, and the next thing you know, I'm walking over this big log and then down, and you know, I made him, I made him help me off and on at some point with things, but, but I was thinking to myself, this is not what grandparents do. <laughs> this, is, this is like way more in the wild, rigorous, but, but because he doesn't see me that way, I get to act more youthfully than I might otherwise. So he holds me to a standard that I might not hold for myself. And I tell myself it's important because I remember with my grandparents, they just always seemed old. I don't 
ever remember a time when they were young. And I, I think back and I remember my old grandmother who was 54, <laughs> you know? And it's like, 54? I mean, that's not old. I, I mean, I passed that a long time ago. And, and yet, but that's how she behaved. And so I think we, we hold it upon ourselves to think about what is the role model that we are serving as for the younger generation? What are we telling them we can't do because we're old? You know, even things like technology, you know, old people can't learn technology, right? Well, old people maybe don't want to have to learn it, but we can learn it. And, and so it's important. It's important that we give them the, the um, modeling that you never stop growing. I remember watching a guy on Johnny Carson who was 101 years old, and Johnny was asking him, well, what's your secret? He said, green and growing. Green and growing. Never stop. Never give yourself a pass. And if you think about um, your grandparents, another thing that they do is they're historians. They tell the stories, sometimes over and over and over, right? But maybe they say that so much because it's, it's almost like an oral tradition. And if you hear them, those stories, over and over, you remember them. I have stories that I heard from my parents that I want to be able to pass down to my children and my grandchildren. Nobody else knows those stories now. And so it's on me to share that. That's one of the roles of grandparents. In a spiritual community, it's not just about, oh yeah, my grandpa did this. It's also about what are the truths that we hand down? What are the truths that have served, like the Fillmores, for example, or, or their teacher, Emma Curtis Hopkins, or teachers like Jesus? What are the, t what are the teachings that we need to bring forward to this new generation? That's part of our role as elders in the community. Grandparents are also wizards in a way. They, they show the power of imagination. They can help children who are very imaginative to recognize that their imagination is a power. We can validate it and help them to use it to mold their lives as they go forward. And mentor. We can be mentors to the younger generation. I think, Jim, you're such a wonderful example of that. I watch you with Shihaley and you know, see the adventures that they go on together and the way he helps her to, to just navigate life and see things from a different perspective. It's a wonderful role. And again, it doesn't have to be your personal grandchild. There was a client that I had once, and 
it was such a powerful story. We were in hypnotherapy, and, and this woman was born in India. And she went back to, she knew she was adopted, but she went back to her very, very early years when she's still a baby. And she remembers just being laid down on the, on the street there. And there was some woman beside her, and she just had a sense of, it's going to be okay. But the woman left her there. And she ended up, you know, somehow being found and ended up with her, her parents in the United States. But when she was there in the hypnosis, there was this figure that was like an Indian guru. He's got dark hair and a beard, and I've seen pictures of him. In fact, I was in communication with this woman recently, and I said, you know, I always saw him in this journey. And, he, and I, I Googled, and I found his picture, and I said, this is what he looked like. She says, yes, that's exactly who it was. And the sense that we got was that this guru was somehow present with her. I don't think he was like on the street right beside her. He was just this presence that was letting her know it would be okay. It would be okay for her to leave India, that she was a gift that was going out into the Western world, that she had something to offer. It was so powerful. And it, it stayed with her. I was just in communication with her recently, but this happened back in 10 years ago, and it's still living with her. That's the power that a wise elder can have, and they don't have to be in physical form. So when we have an energy that we are putting out there, an energy of love and wisdom, it makes a huge difference, and we can't know necessarily who we are touching. But we need to guard our words, to let them be kind and pure and wise, even when there are times that we just want to grouse, right? We all do that sometimes. I'm pretty sure. I know I do. But those are not words that are serving the world. We need to bring in wise words. We want to look at the lessons that we've learned from our own grandparents and, and just be appreciative of them. I think the biggest lesson that I learned from my grandparents, I, you know, there are a number of them that I learned, but the biggest one is that we help one another out. When, when my um, father lost his job, they lived in Seattle, and he was, he was really depressed, and he tried to find another job, and he wasn't having any luck. And my mother turned to her wise elder, which was not her parents, but the Mother Mary, who she had a strong relationship with. And she, was, she went to church and she was praying to Mother Mary and she got the insight, go home to your father. And so the whole family, there were two of us that were out of the house, but there were still six kids and my parents and they all moved back down to Miami and they moved into the little house with my grandfather. 
and he built a play structure out back for them, and he just made them feel welcome. He, he gave them hope and grounding at a time that was very precarious for my family. His wife, who was no longer alive at that point, but when my parents got married, my own mother had died, and so my dad was 15 years older than my stepmom. And when they were gonna get married, my grandpa was not so happy about that idea for his 24-year-old daughter to suddenly inherit four kids. And he thought perhaps she could choose more wisely. But my grandmother had been orphaned when she was little, or at least her mother had died, and her father had remarried, and the woman that he remarried didn't want those kids. And so she and her brother ended up in an orphanage. And so she, this woman was, she had some kind of palsy. I, I don't know what it was. She was in a wheelchair and she could speak, but it was really hard to understand her. But she was very adamant and clear. And she said to my mother, you take care of those kids. And, you know, she kind of her, her husband wasn't going to get a vote in this. She was, she was so strong about this is what is important when you love somebody. You, you make a tribe. Now, I had another grandmother, the mother of my, my mo own mom who had died, and she, she never recovered from that. And she didn't want to embrace a new family. And she was very divisive. She was so divisive that my family ended up moving out of state to get away from her. So I had the culture of family when you are. And so it, it's part of my bones, really, to embrace others, to, that community matters. There don't get to be outsiders. And I think I started learning that from my grandparents both the positive examples and the negative examples. What are the lessons that you learned from your grandparents? Jim was sharing, it's okay if I share, right? His, his grandmother was, um, would read him when he was a little boy. He would, she would read to him from the Bible, but she cherry-picked what she was reading. She only picked the parts that were about love. And all that other stuff that's in there, yeah, don't need that. And so he walked away thinking, oh, the Bible's all about love, which is the point, <laughs> really. When, when we think about when he came, he took all of that that was in the Old Testament and he distilled it down to, here's what matters. Love God above all others and love your neighbor the way you love yourself, which actually is a thing. You're supposed to love yourself. And he talked about forgiveness and the importance of forgiving others. We're going to celebrate later this week Yom Kippur in the Jewish tradition. And that's all about atonement and letting go, letting go of these judgments that we have, letting go of, of the year that has passed and starting over letting go of the issues that we have with one another and letting love be more important. And that was what Jesus came to teach. Forgive. And sometimes that's really hard. 
because we're really upset about something. And the thing we're upset about, everybody would agree, oh yeah, that was bad. Because it was bad. But forgiveness is not about saying that is okay. Forgiveness is about saying, whoa, I don't want to carry this anymore. That's not who I am. I am light, like the song said. I am here to love and just be light and carrying along this difficult thing that happened is not serving me. We carry it along in many ways. It, ironically, the song, My Grandma's Hands, is also the title of a book, My Grandmother's Hands. Has anybody read it? It's a beautiful book. I've just started reading it. And it's talking about the trauma that is carried in our genes. So it, my grandmother's hands comes from, he's, he's sitting as a young boy, and his grandmother has got these really thick, calloused hands, and he's looking at her hands, and he's looking at his just, you know, normal little boy hands, and, and he's wondering why they're so different, and he asks her that. And she says, oh, when I was your age, I had already been picking cotton in the fields for many, many years. And when you first put your hands into that cotton, there's all these, these barbs in there, and it, my hands would bleed like crazy. But over time, you, you get enough calluses, and then you can reach in there without it hurting so much. So she was describing the trauma of picking cotton in the South. And, and so that is in his genes, is what he realized. Science is proving that, that the trauma that came from our past. And if, if your skin is white, you still have the trauma. And he talks about how people in white bodies who come from Europe, they, there's tremendous suffering that happened there, tremendous damage that was done to one another. And we carry that forward, and we need to recognize it through our bodies. It's not an intellectual thing. We don't heal it on an intellectual level. So I'm really eager to continue reading this book and have something more intelligent to say to you about it, but that's, that's sort of the setup that you recognize in your body, and that's our hope for healing the world. Even though education is important, healing through our bodies and letting go of the trauma that we all carry in our society is how we will actually get to love one another. So there's many dimensions to this when we start talking about our elders. Where do they live in us? They live in our stories, they live in our genes, they live in our attitudes and beliefs. There's one more elder that I wanted to mention, and that's Ganesha. Ganesha is the Indian-headed god. And when I was at Ananda's concert, he was talking about, you know, before he would sing the songs, he'd talk about them. And this one really struck me. He said, Shiva and Ganesha are two different aspects of, of the gods. And Shiva is doing this dance of destruction, and he's smiling 
because he knows destruction leads to transformation. And Ganesha is doing this dance of bliss. Ganesha is the god of, that removes obstacles. He also puts obstacles in the place, but people sort of overlook that part because it's better PR, remover of obstacles. But he actually does both. But he is dancing in bliss because he knows that transformation will come. Obstacles, when you meet those obstacles, you can find transformation. We are here because there is a light inside of us that is so powerful. We are here to be the saviors of the world. And it's all inside of us, it's not outside. And as we meet the obstacles that face us, and we've got some serious ones right now, don't we? We've got them in our personal lives, and we've got them as a society. And as we meet them, not reject them, but meet them, like Rumi says, be the guest house, let it all come in. And as we do that, we find an opening into our hearts. We find an opening to let the light out, the, the blessing that we came here to be. We allow that to come forth. We let go, as Jesus said, we let go of all that stuff that isn't serving us. We just dance in bliss and trust that this thing here, this thing that is bothering us, whether it's personally or the whole society, yeah, something good's coming. Something good is coming. And we just trust that. We open up to it. We have our hearts full. This is the message from our elders that we get to be that here in this world. So as we go forward, let's be those elders because none of us are spring chicks. Some of you are a whole lot younger than I am, but <laughs> we're all older than somebody except for Nolan over there who slipped in. He still counts as, you know, he's one that we can be elders toward. <laughs> but really and truly, we are a gift. We're here to give the gift. Don't discount yourself. No matter what you feel are your infirmities, no matter what you feel you don't have, focus on what you do have and go out and give that. The younger generation needs that. We all need that. Namaste. Parents, can parents be grand? Can we have grand great-grandparents and grand great-great-grandparents? And I know someone who was a grand great-great-great-grandparent. Let's remember the word grand. Can we bring in being grand? In the midst of this 
wonderful experience we're having, or interesting experience, or challenging experience, whatever we want to call it, can we be grand? Can we be present for ourselves, our neighbors, our friends, our family, each other? Can we be grand when Nolan asked me to play a game before the service and I'm in heaven? Because I know that I am loved by a child and I get to love a child. Can I be grand in that presence? Can I stand tall like a tree knowing that everything around me is connected? Whether or not I ever knew my grandparents or their grandparents, it doesn't matter. I am a part of them. I am their lineage that is speaking to you right now. What lineage are you from? Have you ever explored it? Or did you let it all go? You didn't like that grandparent. You didn't like that uncle. You didn't like that aunt. You didn't like their stories. So you let them go. Well, maybe it's time to sit with them and let their wisdom show up for you. Because believe it or not, wherever they are on this planet, there's wisdom there. And we have allowed ourselves to put that wisdom aside sometimes because we know it all. We're wonderful. But I bet you, I bet you there's some wisdom that they want to share. I got to be present for my dad in his last months. And the stories kept on coming and coming and coming and coming. What I wouldn't do to sit and hear those stories again. So can you be grand? Can you be grand in the midst of this crisis right now? Can you be grand to your neighbor's child who maybe sometimes wakes up at 3 o'clock and starts screaming? Can you be grand to your daughter or your son who's stressed out beyond belief? Can you babysit for them? Maybe you were doing it once every 10 days. Can you do it maybe twice or three times? Can you call upon the resources within? Can you call upon Ganesha, my favorite elephant god? Oh my goodness, I love Ganesha. Can you call upon Ganesha to re remove all of the obstacles? that are in the way of you being the love that you are. So on Grandparents' Day, remember that you are grand, whether you're a grandparent or not. You are grand and you are standing in the wisdom and the lineage of those before you. We stand upon the shoulders of those before us. And as I say that, I cannot help but mention grandmother Agnes Baker Pilgrim, who told us that we are water babies and this earth is important. So that beautiful great-great-great-grandmother that she was, let her words be your wisdom. Let your words be someone else's wisdom. Don't be afraid to be grand.